we welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. When we cast our cares upon the Lord, we must make sure that we are not creating more cares. So you can't cast your cares on the Lord and then make boneheaded decisions. Because you don't make another dumb decision because then there's more cares. Those are called compounded cares. I just made that up. <laughs> Some people's like, oh. Okay. Psalms 37 and 3. Trust in the Lord and what? Man, this is such a plain, simple passage. Trust in the Lord and what? You can't just trust in the Lord. But you have to trust in the Lord and what? Do good. The only way to do good is to make good decisions. Trust in the Lord and make good decisions. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be what? Fed, fat, or happy. So, trust in the Lord and make good decisions. Amen? Make, look at somebody say, make good decisions. Make good decisions. We can create extra burdens for ourselves when we make what? Bad decisions. So it starts getting heavier the more bad decisions we make. Test yourself. When you are feeling good and happy, that's because you did good things. Goodness is all around. When you really feel good, especially when you did something good that normally you would have done something dumb, you feel real good about that, don't you? You happy, you start calling people. Yeah, you want to hang around people, spend time with people. Y'all happy? Now, and, and the thing we really need to think about is our children. Why are our children suffering because we're, we're dumb? We make bad decisions, feel bad, and then they got to experience us walking around feeling bad. They're trying to play with toys and you walking around kicking them. How you step on this little car? Remind me of that note I can't make. Can just crush his little car. He just mommy. <laughs> so our kids, I mean, they 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 have to, I mean, they have to deal with us. So that's why we can't just be making bad decisions because we're we're casting an extra burden on ourselves, our family, our children, everything when we're making bad decisions. Amen. If we're going to give our cares to God, we must make sure that we are not continuing a cycle of poor decision making. Amen. There's only one way to block poor decision making. That's ask somebody. Yes, pull somebody to the side that you feel could make a, help you make a good, educated decision. Pull them to the side. Be like, bro, man, let me just run this by you. In my head, it sounds great. But let me let it out of my head. Most of the time, when you're trying to let it out, it starts sounding different. <laughs> never mind man never mind <laughs> it sounded good when it was in my head <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you, when it comes through your mouth gate you be 
you hear it. And it just, it don't make as much sense as it did resting in the cerebral. Yeah, when it was in your mind with all the other stuff that's going on up there, it sounded like a good, good move. That's why it's good to talk about it. Let it out. Pull somebody to the side. Hey, man, let me, let me just bounce this off of it. Let me just hear myself say it to somebody before I do this. Get it out of your head, especially men. Hear me. Get it out of your head. Don't ask your wife because she has to live with you. Sometimes she tells you stuff for the sake of the marriage. Yeah, because she loves you. She telling God something totally different. Why are you rocking back and forth so hard on the side of the bed tonight? She and the, oh, he crazy. Lord, I hope he don't do this. Stop him, somebody. <laughs> hey, man, you need, you need to run that by somebody, man. Bro, let me, you know. Hey, man. You know, that's, that's. I've never been like that. I ain't never been a, let, let me try it because it sounded good in my head. I want to talk to somebody. I'll call somebody. I always wanted older men in my life for that reason. I need to, I need to say this. This needs to come out of my big old head so I can hear what it sounds like. Amen. Because I don't, I don't like, I don't want to regret it. Psalms 34 and 44. Depart from evil and what? Do good. Evil is the opposite of good. Told y'all that last week. Evil isn't always stabbing somebody. We think evil is just killing. No, evil is the opposite of good. If you're not doing good, you're doing evil. So depart from doing dumb stuff and do good stuff. Seek peace and what? Pursue it. You seek peace by doing good. Because evil is going to disrupt peace. Right? Evil is going to stop your peace. So, to pursue peace, you have to do good. Amen? Y'all still here? Good is not a fair, fairy god. I mean, God is not a fairy godmother. And he will not grant wishes to get us out of our troubles. You can't summon him up like the genie of the lamp he's not sitting back granting wishes we got to follow his plan if we want him to carry our cares you can't make god into what you want him to be he's gonna be god you have to change you because he's gonna stay god the same yesterday today and forever he don't change I don't care how bad you want him to. So that means that we have to follow his plan if we want him to carry our cares. Proverbs 20 and 24, man's goings are of the Lord. How can a man then understand his own way? If God made you, he made you with an expectation of you to come to him to know what to do. So how are you going to figure out what you need to do Without him. No, I can't get amens on that. Yes. The manufacturer has to tell you how it works. Amen. Yeah, I have my 
uh, garage, my little um, wireless genie thing that controls my garage from my phone or whatever went out. And, you know, I'm, as I get up in age, I'm 47 now. Now, when I was young, that kind of stuff would just whet my appetite. I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go out here and take it all apart or whatever. Oh, but this time I needed the manual. I normally don't need the manual. I can just cut wires and junk, but man, I went out there and cut some wires and sparks flew. And I said, you know what? I might need to see what the manual says. So I had to go get the instructions because this is a new day. This little box had Wi-Fi in it and I mean, it did a lot. Wasn't like the old day where it was a big old fat remote with one button. This one had a screen on it, sensors and all that. So I was like, you know what? And it took me a long time, too. <laughs> I, said, I don't have it like I used to. But I had to get the manual and I had to follow the manual. Then I had to go on YouTube and watch somebody using the manual. <laughs> Amen. And I figured it out and got it to work, but I couldn't figure out what it was. I couldn't figure out how to make it work without the manual. You understand what I'm saying? That's us. The manual is the Bible. We can't figure out how to make, make it work without the Bible. Because the one that created us gave us a manual. This is how you do it. So we got to follow his plan if we want him to carry our care. How do we understand our own way? A man's goings are of the Lord. Anxiety, stress, and worry do not come from God. Can I say it again? God is not going to do something to you to cause anxiety, stress, and worry. Why would God make you worry and it's hurting your body? And he made your body to not be hurt. Anxiety, stress, and worry. He'll allow things to happen to you so that you will need him. But he's not going to cause stress and anxiety in your body. You're doing that. I knew this message was, was going to get hard. Folks going to get quiet. When we obey his word and do things his way, we do not have to worry. It's that plain and simple. We cause the worry, anxiety, and stress. But I'm fine until my wife opened her mouth. Well, you married her. So you caused it. God told you not to. He gave you every sign there was not to. You tripped and fell going down the aisle. A buzzard flew in during the service. <laughs> Took an hour to get it out. Had to delay the ceremony. God was trying to tell you something. A buzzard? I'm telling you, if a buzzard fly in during my ceremony, I'll go, wait, wait a minute. Wait, stop everything. Is that a buzzard? <laughs> Don't that represent tragedy? <laughs> All they eat is dead stuff. That means something in here is dead. <laughs> Just go, go deep into it. Just <laughs> but anxiety, stress, and worry... It, it did not come. Look at somebody say, that didn't come from God. 
you up at night thinking that didn't come from God. The Bible said your sleep, it said in Proverbs, your, your sleep will be sweet when it's God. Sweet rest. If you up worrying, something's wrong and it's you. When we obey his word and do things his way, we don't have to worry. Proverbs 15 and 20, I mean 12 and 25. Anxiety in a man's heart does what? Why would God weigh your heart down when he said if you delight yourself in him, he'll give you the desires of your heart. God is into making your heart light. His yoke is easy and his burdens are what? Light. So anything weighing you down, anxiety, that's not from God. But a good word makes your heart what? They got us thinking that God is going to weigh us down and all the burdens the Lord is putting on me. He put the burden of the people on me and this and that. But God is not bringing anxiety to you. You are not taking prescription drugs because you in ministry. You take a prescription drugs because you're not doing ministry right. Uh-oh. Feelings of stress come when we do what we want instead of what God wants for us. Once you do what you want to do, here comes anxiety, stress, and worry. Because you're doing what you want to do. Have you asked God, should you be doing it? Folks call me and tell me, man, yeah, man, see, I got this idea. And, and man, this idea, I'm going to, you know, it's going to help the people. And it's going to this and that. I said, what, what did God say? I mean, what you mean, what did God say? I mean, it's, it's, I'm doing good. Good according to what? To who? Did God tell you to do this? Are you called of God to do it? A lot of folks starting churches. Did God tell you to or did your wife tell you to? So I know a whole bunch of them. That would have been some great elders. Great elders in the church. Held up a church. Held up the standard in the church. Helped the men of the church mature. Could have really been an asset. But that wife wanted them to pastor. So she could put the first lady badge on. And wear the hat. And have fifth Sunday. She needed a Sunday. So now he got high blood pressure. Diabetes. Anxiety, all kind of meds from pastoring. Got a blood pressure, don't have a blood pressure cup. Got the seat from Walgreens in the office. <laughs> Soon as service is over, all right. He in the office just <laughs> Lord. Fifth Sunday, he don't even come out. They move it in the sanctuary, Fifth Sunday. <laughs> I ain't never seen a preacher seat like that, brother. It's all, it's nice, but what's that, what's that on the handle? Oh, don't worry about that. That's just. <laughs> Got to take your blood pressure. Brother, maybe you shouldn't be doing this. Amen. But see, the church, you know, me, me and Elder talk about this all the time. The church make, make elders feel so inadequate. Because the pastor is so bossy. <laughs> Making all the men feel all inferior. That's why men don't go to the church. 
No men want to be going to the church and the pastor punking them all the time. Punking them all. Ain't no man want to follow that. And his wife in charge. No man want no woman laying hands on him. They don't come to churches like that. Men stay home. I preach this. I don't care what nobody said. Don't go to no church and a woman got all that kind of control and bossing the men around. They don't like when their own wives boss them around. They sure don't want somebody else like. At least I get to sleep with her. You boss me around. I ain't get nothing out of it. Get away from me. <laughs> My goodness. It's a lose-lose. So the elders, they feel so inadequate, they got to go start a church so they won't look like a chump. Pastor making them feel inferior. 90-something percent of all these churches shouldn't be existing. Yes, 90-something. High 90s. Pastoring sick. Stuff all wrong. Because you don't have grace for it. Because you got pushed into it. Pastoring because there wasn't nowhere to go. What? Ain't no churches to go to. Guess I'll start one. Man, that's a terrible idea. Amen. Just because you got a sermon and your family like it. Now all they got to do is get Periscope. And I mean, but did God tell you to do it? Because here's what's going to happen. One way or the other, you going to know whether God told you or not. Years will have passed. Your family will be totally torn apart. And you'll look up and be wondering, hmm, maybe I shouldn't have done this. But it's too late now. You all on Facebook. You done told everybody God said it. Now just keep it going. <laughs> Keep it going. Failings of stress come when we do what we want instead of what God wants for us. Striving will always bring additional stress and worry to our lives. Did you hear that? Striving. Because God doesn't want anyone striving. 2 Timothy 2 and 24. And the servant of the Lord must not what? And the servant of the Lord must not what? And the servant of the Lord must not what? God don't want you striving, boosting your resolve, trying to be something, trying to get followers, trying to get an audience, trying to get members, trying to get congregants, trying to grow a church. That's striving. The servant of the Lord can't strive. If you out there striving, God didn't tell you to. That's what you want to do. You're out there trying to sell yourself and boost your popularity? Do you know what kind of anxiety and stress is going to come from that? You're going to tear your body up? Because as a servant of the Lord, you must not what? Strive. But be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, and what? Patient. You can't strive. You can't be trying to make it. Impressing people? Uh-oh. And... 
vindicating ourselves in the sight of others will force us to carry heavier loads. Uh Uh-oh. Impressing people, you just multiplied your weight. Didn't come from God. Impressing people. Then vindicating yourself because they said you couldn't do it. They said you wouldn't do it. When a man stands up and says, all the folks said I wouldn't do this and that, devil. You just told me who called you because that's what the devil said. You just just told on yourself. They said I would never make it. Make what? Where are you? you? Have you made it? What is that? What is what define make it? So you've made it now? What did you make? What have you done? That can't be all taken away from you in a day. What have you accomplished? So how did you make it? Whose scale is that? Who's measuring that? So that means you're trying to impress people. It can all be gone. It means nothing. Why are you trying to impress people or vindicate yourself? Because folks said you wouldn't make it. Y'all better not be down here trying to prove something to your family. Because they say, boy, if you go to Texas, everything going to fail. So? Don't come down here trying to be about it. (laughs) (laughs) Motivated by a negative comment? That means you're not motivated by God and his spirit. You're being chased after by a negative comment from the devil. Or from a devil. And that's why you're doing stuff? Hey, brother, we about to move into this house, man. Dude, you've been in an apartment six months. Been married six months. Why you get in the house? Oh, because, you know, man, I just, I need a, no. Your parents coming to visit in, 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 in. Oh, y'all laughing. Your parents coming to visit. You done went and barred somebody at the church's house. Now take down all the pictures and hang these up. And if they mad at you, they going to find something wrong with your house anyway. You could be living at, <laughs> in a mansion. And if they don't like you, they going to come. Oh, this just way too big. This wasted your money. Why you waste all your money? servants and stuff you got a servant that's just they go find something you go pick them up in a bins and they oh all these just gushy seats i'll be in a whole gushy seat seats moving oh what was that oh I, you you think you gonna impress them if they got a problem with you Can you impress anyone that has a problem with you? (laughs) No. They got to find something wrong. You then went and bought a car because they was coming to town. Signed a 72-month lease. They only going to be in town 72 hours. You saw 72 just (laughs) to impress and then they gone, and now you calling all the elders together. I need all of them, all five. <laughs> Who's missing? No, we got to wait for Elder Ted to get back. 
because I got we got I got to meet with all of them. Trying to get your car, we ain't paying for no car. You better get on the bus because you tried to impress somebody. Man, I know I'm preaching in here. And vindicate yourself. Live above other people's opinions. Folks that said you couldn't do it. Did God say you couldn't do it? Because that's the only one you need to be doing it for. Anyway, what did God say? But no, don't clap. Here's the problem. God didn't want you to do it. That's why you didn't ask him. Oh, yeah. That's my time the other day, man. You know, that G. Craig, I just can't listen. I can't listen to him. Why you can't listen to G. Craig? What's wrong? I mean, he be telling the truth, but I, I just can't listen. Why? Why? What did I do? He gets in the way. He gets in the way. The message gets in the way of what you want to do. That's the problem. That's the problem. I always hear about it after it happened. Oh, yeah, they, they, they called in. I should have I called you, brother. Yes! But you know what I was going to say? Yeah, that's what Ahab did. Y'all remember that? Ahab was like, no, nah, man, don't bring that prophet. Don't bring him. Is he going to tell the truth? Well, yeah, but the truth ain't what I want to do. In these cases, we will be weighed down by the cares of those we seek to impress. So now you're not just carrying your cares. You're carrying the people that you're trying to impress opinion. You just weighed yourself down because of what somebody else thinks. Man, I just preached in here. You worried about what they think? You up at night, heart beating fast with racing thoughts because of what somebody else thinks? And they sleeping, snoring like an Atlantic grizzly. <laughs> Clawing the bed sheets. Just, I, they ain't thinking about Oh, they so sleep. You up worrying about what they think, and you know what they think? <laughs> you call them and say, you know, I just don't mean to wake you up, but I just... I just, I just had a problem with what you said, you know, and I mean, I just want to get it straight. What? I'm sleep. They weren't even thinking about it like that. And it's all in your head. You carrying the cares of somebody seeking to impress. First Peter five and six, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may what? Humble yourself. Quit trying to boost yourself and look better in front of others. God, he's got it. But God isn't going to use you to make somebody feel bad. He wants them to feel good too. So whenever you got that vindicated, I, I hope they see it. I hope they see something. That's not from God. Because God is concerned about them too. Ulterior motives block prayers. When you go before God to pray, you better make sure you are for real when you're praying and not praying to get back at somebody. You're praying for something to throw in somebody else's face. God's not going to give it to you. You got the wrong motive about it. You'll never see it from God. When we pray for God to take our cares, but continue to seek our own way, then we forfeit our request. 
Yeah. You want God to do something for you? Yeah. Lord, is this the one? Is this the man I'm supposed to marry? Because you know I'm up in age and uh, the hour is late. <laughs> what? What? What God? Oh, he said do it. Okay. That's an ulterior motive. You shouldn't even be praying no prayer like that. Talking about the hour is late. You don't think God know he made your old body? God knows. He knows. God got somebody that will like your old body. It's going to shock you too. Yeah. You ain't going to get it trying to <laughs> throwing in stuff in the prayer. It's just ulterior motive. Now, God, I'm going to go to this singles midnight bowling fellowship. And I know Woodrow going to be there. So, Lord, bless the work of his hands. Bless the, what? Just a, you can't pray that. And then walk in there expecting it to work. Because the preacher on TV told you that if you send him some money, whatever request you put before the Lord is going to come true. Some foolishness. So just canceled your own prayer out. James 4, James 4 and 3. You ask and what? You ask and receive not because you ask for the wrong reason. That you may consume it upon your own lust. Worried about what family's going to say? Family has put pressure on you to come up. That means you're working for them. Hey, wasn't ever any shame in my game. I'm like, this is what we got. If you don't like it, bye. Man, we was in this one-bedroom apartment. Y'all, I kid not. This this apartment was so small, and I mean, all our furniture was was uh, stuff that was left in other people's apartments. My dad was a maintenance man, so he just got us whatever we needed. Now, these folks, they left the bed, and it was a mental institution bed, too. It was the bed on misery. <laughs> Remember that bed? <laughs> and that bed, man, we just, we use whatever. It's like, it ain't nothing. This is what I have. I'm not trying to impress you. Amen. Yes. And I felt good about it because I worked hard for it. You coming in and got a problem with it, brother. You don't need to be in here. Go to your house and feel good. Because I feel good in my little spot. Because it's mine. That $600 a month was hard to come by. 600 That's how much it was. I remember. 638 Look at that. You know how to, you know how that works, man. Six thirty-eight is what I had to come up with every month. My electric bill, Lord have mercy, seventy dollars a month. That was high. I had to work for it, and I was proud of it. And I didn't care what nobody thought. And I wasn't gonna make no decision because somebody felt some kind of way about what I was doing for my family. 
Amen. But you know what the beautiful thing was? I didn't have to deal with a lot of folks talking. You know why? Because we didn't talk our business. Uh-oh. Yeah. See, when people know your business, they can, they can give you input. Yeah, everybody know what's going on because you putting it all on Facebook. They're going to come comment and tell you what you should be doing and how to do it. And you can't get mad. Why are you trying to tell me? You put it on there. That's what Facebook is. That's what the internet is. That's what a comment is. A comment is somebody's opinion. So you don't want to hear what folks say? Guess what you got to do? Log off. I did EX Ministries online for 14, 15 years. Did nobody even know what my wife looked like? They didn't know what she looked like. They didn't know how many kids. They didn't know nothing. Because that wasn't their business. And it's still not. You know why? Because I only have so much I can handle. So if I'm dealing with the word of God and the truth and people are coming at me about what I'm preaching, I can easily say, well, that's God. So I don't have to carry it. You see what I'm saying? But if you got opinions about what I should do with my wife and my family, my kids, now you're weighing me down and I can't carry that. I'm stepping outside of God and I'm allowing people to be busybody in my affairs. That begins to hinder me. Weigh me down. Put more on me than I can handle. I'm preaching. Y'all better hear me. <laughs> the people may be virtual, but the stress and anxiety they deposit in you is not virtual. That's real. You feel that. Now you feel like you got to post a better picture this time. Because they had a problem with the one you posted before. In order to truly hear from God, we must line up with him and prove that we what? Really want his help. How do you prove that? This process may require an extended period of seeking after him just to prove to him that you mean business. No, God, I'm not trying to heap this up on my lust. I need this. I really need this. Okay, then God's going to take you through a testing period and, and, and then you both will see if you really need it. You can't keep doing things your way and giving it to God at the same time. It's either it going to be his way or your way. Psalms 37 and 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall what? Give thee the desires of thine heart. If you want God to rescue you, you must be willing to be helped. If we continue to pursue our own path, then our true desire is our way and not God's way. If you want him to help you, let him help you. But if you keep doing what you want to do, then you don't want him to help you. He will not intervene when we continue to ignore his plan for us. Matthew 6 and 33, but seek ye first the what? And his righteousness, his right alignment, doing it his way. And then what? All these things shall what? Be what? Be what? They're going to be at it if you seek ye first. 
Amen? Summary. Some things we do will bring us pleasure and pain. Some of the things we do that we really enjoy are not God's will for us. Many of our cares are birthed by our disobedience to God's plan. We have grown accustomed to doing certain things that bring us money, pleasure, or notoriety, even when it's against God's will for us. You're so used to it that you didn't even pray about it. You're so used to seeking it or doing it that you didn't even put it before God in the first place to see if that's what he wanted you to do. The easiest way to decipher whether God is behind the plan It's how it affects your creation role, how it affects the role that God created you in. Our creation role is first priority in God's eyes. So anything that affects us or inhibits us from fulfilling our roles in the home is what? It's inhibiting you from doing your creation role. It's not from God. It's what you want to do. Your husband, if he's lonely for you and the house is a mess, food ain't being cooked, you quit your job. Woman, if it's in the way of you doing what you, you got to find a different person to keep your kids every week. You're not supposed to be doing that. Ooh, witchcraft. I just felt it. I looked around and I saw a couple of red eyes. Because folk going to do what they want to do. Oh, he preached a good word, but that part about that creation role. That's everything I preach. What do you, t- I say it every week. Creation role and job turkey single men. I say that every week. Every single week. How you going to have a problem with the creation role message and say you like EX Ministries? That's the whole message. That's the truth behind hip-hop. Hip-hop is a replacement for the folk that ain't at home. But that's how you know if it's from God. Is it interfering with your, is it messing your marriage up? You think God sent that? Your kid's crazy. You think God told you to do that? Stress? Stress? You stressed all the time? Don't you know that affects your marriage? That affects your relationship, all that stress. You can't pray about that. You got to do something about that. Uh oh. Yeah, folk want to just pray. Oh, Lord. Yes, Lord. Just oh, relieve the stress, stresses of the devil. Oh, that's all. That's just, I'm just going to take it. Now, you can't do that. And you putting yourself on all that pressure? You better make a better decision. Lighten the load. Your load is too heavy. And a heavy load is not from God. He said, come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, and I will give you, take my yoke upon you, and what? Learn of me, for my yoke is easy, and my burdens are what? So anything you carry and heavy is not from That's what you want to do. You did that. You didn't ask God. You don't want to ask him because you know he's going to tell you to stop. Oh, yeah. Folks, leave this church so they don't have to hear the message telling them to stop. Like that's going to make it any better. 
although it may bring extra money or even vindicate us in the eyes of naysayers, the haters. How you like me now? Vindicated in the eyes of naysayers because they said you wasn't going to be nothing. High school reunion in five years. I better get about it. What? High school? High school? You still thinking about you getting ready for the reunion, you lifting weights and <laughs> why you lifting weights and getting trying to get well yeah, look in the look in the yearbook, uh, most likely to fail. That's me. <laughs> you still worried about that, man? You 48. You worried about what a yearbooks they picked you most likely to fail? Got all Tony Robbins tapes. I'm like, dude, will you? But it may bring extra money. Or it's going to vindicate you in the eyes of naysayers. If it conflicts with God's plan for our home, guess what? Guess what? It's not from God. The stress, the worry, and the anxiety will scar the home and eventually create issues in the marriage and with what? The children. When we are stressed and anxious in the home, our spouse is what? Not at peace. You're stressed and anxious in the home, you're not able to fulfill what your spouse needs. Yeah. So then they start replacing you with stuff. Yeah. Starts out just that simple. Y'all better listen to me. Start working on her body. That's where it starts. Start working on her body. Now she in the gym. Now she looking, trying to bring fine back to get your attention. It ain't getting your attention. It's getting everybody else's attention. Discontentment, that's where it starts. You ain't, it, you ain't there. It, and it's both sides, women and men. Yeah, you start making them feel like a man. He's going to try to figure out a way to feel like that. Because something came in and took all your time and energy. Or it's lacing you with stress and anxiety. You're going to have some problems. Man, I'm preaching in here. Yeah, can't, can't no man even perform under them kind of conditions. Not sexually. You keep them conditions coming. Yeah, you keep worrying and stressing. Yeah, your sex home. See, your body's smart. When you run out of adrenaline for all that worrying and stress, your body's going to borrow something else for it. It's going to borrow your DHE, your sex hormone. It's going to start using that for fuel. Ask the doctor back there. He'll tell you. Start using that for fuel. When he starts using your sex hormone for fuel, for adrenaline, you can't use it for... It's gone. I know I'm telling the truth. That's where this goes. That's where this goes. Yes, that's where it goes. Stress and the worry and anxiety will sear the home, eventually creating these issues. When we are stressed and anxious in the home, our spouse is not at peace. This atmosphere, the no peace atmosphere, y'all better hear me, causes blame, can even birth infidelity, substance abuse, and illness. Drinking saints. Substance abuse. Sister, Sister Lulu was on fire for the Lord Sunday. What? She, she shouted all over the church. She was drunk. The Holy Ghost got her. She ran into everything. She, she did that on the way here. Her car's all dented up. 
She was drunk. <laughs> we grew up with that, man. They be in that church, Jack. They be in that drunk. I mean, in church, lit. All that cologne and scope. You would see them in the parking lot gargling and spitting out on the side of the car before they came in. I'm not making this up. Oh, they be old too. <laughs> Them cares got a little too heavy. <laughs> Need God and Jack. God and Jack. Jack Daniel. <laughs> Not Daniel in the Bible. He can't do it. I need Jack Daniel. <laughs> yeah, they were just gargling and spit out the coming church. Hey, sister. Hey, praise the Lord. You be like, you're a little drunk in the spirit before the organ even got going. He ain't turned the organ on yet. Organist ain't even here yet. Yeah. Yeah. Substance abuse, illness, stress, and worry is never from God. So, when we are struggling with stress and worry, we must evaluate our situation so we can find out what? Where it's coming from before it what? Wreaks havoc in our bodies and on our loved ones. Once we find the issue, we must what? Deal with it swiftly so that what? We can truly cast our cares on God and what? Protect our homes from disaster. You know why? Because the home is the priority. So God is only going to do what's going to help the home. If it's going to hinder what he made in the beginning, he's not going to give it to you. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are what? And I will give you rest. This doesn't sound like a person that's making you heavy. This sounds like a person telling you, come to me when you get, when you make yourself heavy, come to me. That's what he's saying. Take my yoke upon you. And what? Learn of me. You know what yoke is? It's not egg. It's what they put the oxen in or what they put prisoners in that held them in the yoke. He said, yeah, won't you let me put you in my yoke so you can be still for a while and learn. A lot of y'all in the ABC yoke. Yeah, you're yoked up. You, 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 you can't move. You're supposed to be here. Get somewhere to sit down so you can learn. Amen. You, you'd have made bad decision after bad decision. After, now it's time to learn. So Jesus says, take my yoke up on me and learn of me. In other words, let me show you how to do this. This is what God is. Let me show you the right way to do this so you won't worry yourself sick. Mess up your home and your relationship. For I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall what? Find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is what? Light. So yeah, when God first reels you in, yeah, it's a lot you may have to give up. It's a lot you may have to do. It's a lot. And you're going to feel some kind of way about it. When he first go to working on you, man. 
You should have seen the building. When the brothers first went in the building to work on this building, our new building, man, when I walked in, I was like, I don't want this building. This is a terrible mess. It has to look like that at first. That's called demolition. That's busting everything up that shouldn't be in there. Oh, I'm preaching in here. I'm using the new building in the sermon. You hear that? It's working too. Demolition. That's the first thing God going to do. So as soon as you come and decide I'm going to do it his way, here come the pickaxe. Busting up stuff. Ah, doesn't feel good. Then your family come around. What's going on with you and your house and your life? And man, your life, everything. Oh, it's got to look bad before it ever looks good. Folks, they're not going to understand. Saw a picture the other day of a dude getting a heart transplant. I mean, I was wondering, how is he still alive? They put this thing in his chest and broke his chest open. How are you still alive after that? Took all his guts out and set him on the side. Now he's walking around. He's fine. They put a new heart in him. But you should have seen what it took to put the heart in it. Yeah, that's you. Your guts on the side. That guy got to bust your chest open. It's going to look really bad. Really bad when he goes to work on you. But it's going to work out for your good. Because his yoke is easy and his what? His burdens are light. So when he gets finished with you, all that you are carrying is gone. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective from G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of Adamant Believers Council in Grand Prairie, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas, 76124, or donate online at www.exministries.com.